0: We're not perfect. Some of us are not even close, like me. But if I can learn to accept myself, errors, faults, and all, for who I am, I'm betting you can too. Even if you've done some really stupid stuff, like the time I woke up an entire car on a zombie train. tossed my duffel bag in the back of my brother's truck. It was around midnight. I was wiped out after a week of fishing and relaxation at my brother's place on Real Foot Lake. His idea of taking it easy was to have me do all his chores like fetching cold Michelob Ultras and feeding lump coal into his meat smoker. His place was on a snake-infested bayou where Tennessee, Missouri, and Kentucky meet. For a city kid like myself, dodging cotton mouse actually did my soul some good. It gave me time to chill and clear my head and oh, how I needed it. Summer was coming to an end and my significant other and I were on the verge of breaking up. I dreaded what waited for me on the other end of this return trip to Chicago. We took back roads from Walnut Log to Fulton, Kentucky. My brother pulled into a dark parking lot, claiming this is where the train would stop. He was known for pranks and never missed a chance to get a few laughs at my expense, or to make me feel even more worthless than I already felt. So the fact that he told me the train would stop on a deserted road at 1:10 in the morning in Podunk, Kentucky, did not exactly inspire confidence. We sat in total darkness in its truck and waited for a train I was positive would never stop in the middle of nowhere. But then I heard the train's horn as it passed through Fulton just south of us, so I grabbed my duffel bag. Maybe this thing was going to stop after all. Sure enough, like he said, the train pulled up and stopped. I laughed to myself. I couldn't believe it. This big train, stopping for just me? A side door opens. The conductor descends the steps with his hand held out and takes my ticket. My Harley-tatted Street Fighter brother was not a hugger, so we shook and said our goodbyes. Please tell me there's a sleeping car, I asked. No, sir, came the conductor's reply. Just great, no sleeping car. I climbed the steps and trudged through the dimly lit first car. Not a seat to be had. I exited the car and stumbled through that accordion area to the next car. Foul. It reeked of two-month-old hobo stew and a decaying pasta. The second car was full, too. Good God. I'm gonna have to stand all the way to Chicago, I thought. But then the third car had a single seat on the window open. I grabbed it, but not before I had to wedge past the guy in the aisle seat who didn't show much sign of life. Sleep blinders over his eyes, drool spilling from his gaping yap. I didn't want to disturb him, but there was no way I was getting past him, short of climbing over the seat from behind, so I gently nudged him. Without even bothering to take off his blinders, he leaned sideways, almost smacking the plus-sized gal across the aisle. I had just enough room to shimmy past as he fell forward into REM sleep. I stuffed my bag under my feet and collapsed into my seat. Now I faced the difficult task of trying to sleep in some place other than my bed. I was addicted to white noise. I usually had a fan blowing, no matter the season, just noisy enough to drown out ambient sounds. I closed my eyes. I sat there lying to myself that I liked the repetitious clickety-clack of the train roaring through rural Kentucky. Oh, this is so much better than my fan, I lied to myself. I won't even be able to count to 20, and I will be asleep. I got into a zone. This was working. I actually did like the sound, and after 15 minutes, I almost began to slip into an oh-so-desperately-needed deep sleep. I kept my mind quiet, didn't think about today, didn't think about tomorrow, just focused on soothing, consistent clatter as the train wheels rolled down the track. Then, wait, what was that? There was a slight skip in the pattern, enough that I noticed. Was this a one-time thing or would it repeat? Son of a bitch, it happened again. Instead of a clickety-clack, clickety-clack, I was getting clickety, clickety, click-click. I tried to fight it, telling myself that it would correct into the regular pattern. And it did, for about a half mile. But then, back to the madness of unpredictability. At that point, I thought I was facing a long, sleepless night. Until I remembered how calming yoga could be. I did a few overhead stretches and slow breathing techniques. I thought this was gonna work, even as we passed a string of pig farms and the stench filled my nostrils. But 30 minutes later, I was still panicked with the thought of incurable insomnia. Wasn't there some sound around me I could focus on so I could sleep? I mean, I'll take anything at this point. Gimme a kid kicking my seat, for God's sake. As long as the pattern's steady, I closed my eyes, relaxed, and was just ready to drift off when I heard it. What in the hell? Dear God, no. Rising above the clicky-clack of train wheels was an unmistakable snore that was almost comical in its volume and intensity. It started out consistently enough. Maybe I can fall asleep listening to it, I thought. Of course, that didn't work there would be maybe three regular cycles and then an elongated, exaggerated, bone-rattling chortle. It went on for what seemed like forever. How can the person next to this troglodyte not nudge him? How can any person within a 40-mile radius not be awakened? But nobody budged. Nobody even really opened their eyes. Am I the only person on this damn train who's hearing this crap? I am screwed now, I thought to myself. It will not stop. And that's when I had an idea. Why not have a little fun with this whole thing? So I began timing his snores. Two short bursts of snorts, one-eighth the duration of the back end snore. Snore. Besides being exhausted and wanting to kill the guy, I had to admit I was impressed. His rhythm and his power were surreal. I figured the only way I could pull off this stunt was if I focused on matching his third drawn-out long snore that followed the two short ones. I had to time it just right and somehow match his volume. I waited one beat and then let out the best Three Stooges Shemp imitation of my life. Turns out, I was not the only one who couldn't sleep. As I let the last note fade to nothing, the train car erupted in laughter. Lights were flicked on. People stood up and looked around to see who that snort was and who played the role of Shemp. Who did that? Frank from Indiana asked. The people near me all pointed my direction. I got slapped high five a dozen times. The car became a rolling party of 40 for the next 10 minutes. Even the snorer woke up, sheepishly realizing his role in the merriment. Then one by one, lights were turned off and everybody finally had a chance to sleep. Everybody except the snorer, I think. He was probably a little too self-conscious of his unconscious behavior. I drifted off as well. Victorious in gaining some of the much needed sleep and basking in the attention that being a smart ass punk could render when my limited, juvenile, and decidedly weird skills were effectively employed.